The Legends of Earth, Chapter 21, Taurus The night before the escape, Jake, Hagaro, Yas, and Graham were aboard the Orion, preparing to leave. The group bid farewell to Jazas, who had decided to stay on Tarsa to help deal with the escalated conflicts that were surely about to ensue. After Jazas left, Jake took some time to teach his friends everything he could about the Orion, so that they could help him pilot the ship the following day. The night dragged past. After reviewing the plans once more, Hagaro and Yoss decided to get some sleep. Graham and Jake remained in the cockpit, talking until the early hours of the morning. Finally, Graham left, and Jake sat by himself in the cockpit, checking over star maps and thinking about the details of the ship's trajectory. As light began to appear near the hangar's entrance, the crew immediately began to stir again. Hagaro was first to appear. The particle flares should begin around 7.30, he said. The riots and the uprising are probably already beginning elsewhere on the colony. If we take off at 7.15, that will be the best moment to slip away unnoticed. Jake checked the ship's clock. The time was 6.30. Graham and Yas appeared in the cockpit, still half asleep, but waking up quickly. The uprising's beginning, Graham growled. I got a message over my radio a moment ago. Groups on Nareka and Pala will be attacking power stations, causing a blackout. They'll be helped by Jazas's ships. Jake began quietly powering up the Orion systems, one at a time. The drones in the control towers, he hoped, wouldn't notice until the systems were almost at full power. A few minutes later, Graham spoke again. The slums are in chaos. Conflicts breaking out everywhere. The riots are starting up. Attacks on the power stations are underway. The time was 7.06. Orion's sensors picked up some kind of disturbance, causing the sounds of static to fill the control room. That'll be the particle radiation beginning, said Yas. At that moment, alarms began to go off around the hangar. They've seen us, said Hagaro. Let's get out of here. Jake kicked the rest of the Orion systems into gear, all at once. This close to the surface, the ship would be propelled by chemical rockets and a few other onboard systems Jake had engineered. The hangar began to shake as the Orion systems roared into life. Fortunately, no maintenance workers would be in the hangar at this hour. Outside the ship, Jake could see metal crates and equipment being tossed around like toys, in the wake of a small electromagnetic hurricane caused by the battle between the Orion's surface propulsion systems and the hangar's docking clamps. Jake saw the superconducting magnets on the walls of the hangar explode forcefully as they were overcome by magnets aboard the Orion. The ship jerked forward, slipping towards the large doors at the end of the hangar. Hagaro, Yas, and Graham hurriedly strapped themselves into seats as Jake turned the ship to point at the sky. All four felt the kick as the chemical rockets engaged, and the Orion began to blast skywards. Gelo ships on our tail, Graham announced as the surface of the asteroid began to drop away. Looking to the side, Jake could see several of the sleek ships that had greeted him when he arrived, issuing from a hangar some distance away. At that moment, all the lights on Nareka went out. Perfect, said Yas. They won't be able to send any more after us now. Still a few on our tail, though, said Graham. Five ships from the nearby hangar were gaining on them. 
Jake could see weapons attachments humming below the craft's sleek bodies and reflective radiation shielding. Below them, huge spikes of violet light from the two asteroids indicated that the particle storms were wreaking havoc. Ahead of them, several more Telos ships that had been orbiting the planet were circling closer, trying to get their weapons close enough to fire at the Orion. Just a few more seconds, said Jake, as several glowing railgun projectiles whizzed past. They were almost far enough from Nareka's surface. Jake double and triple checked the inertia fields. The light on the dashboard indicated that they were active, and a slight humming in his ears confirmed this. He pushed down on a large red dial on the control pad. Crack! Light swept past the window. Looking behind him, Jake saw the Telos ships racing for cover ahead of the massive shockwaves from the Orion's primary propulsion system. Crack! Hagaro, Yas, and Graham cheered. The escape was complete. The journey to intersect with the Taurus's trajectory took about a week. Jake slung several new bunks in the Orion's crew quarters, and the four spent the time tinkering and learning about the Orion, playing cards, talking, eating, or sleeping as the mood took them. No one was really sure what would happen once they found the Taurus. Hagaro mentioned that he thought the ship might know much more than they did about the events taking place in the solar system and how to defeat the Telos that had taken over Tarsa. When Jake asked why he thought the Taurus would help them, Hagaro replied, My reasoning was based on the blueprints. We have something I think they need. He was, of course, referring to the strange object he had brought aboard during the lead-up to the escape. What is that thing? asked Jake, to which Hagaro replied, I don't precisely know. It arrived on Tarsa with the Telos. It was aboard one of their ships. The Resistance stole it and hid it soon after they arrived. They were clearly furious, and many of our people died to keep it hidden. Here Jake caught a look of pain cross Agaro's face. He was sure the creature was remembering battles fought, lives lost, the sacrifices of the past. What we do know is that the Taurus will understand it better than we do. One of the blueprints in the folder I showed you earlier, compiled by the architect Sonara, shows something extremely similar to the object. Furthermore, we found detailed plans for how it can be incorporated into the Taurus's design. So you think that in exchange for this object, this piece of ancient technology, the Taurus will tell you what's going on, and perhaps come to your aid? That's the idea, said Hagaro. Aside from the resistance itself, the Taurus is our best hope for ending the Telos occupation. A few days later, Jake was showing Graham how to repair one of the life support systems. Nothing had been damaged, but Jake still constantly found himself tinkering with things to improve them, or make them more efficient. Graham watched as Jake carefully rewired a system that monitored and controlled temperature. I see. So it's a negative feedback system, just like the homeostasis in a living organism, Graham was saying. Jake nodded. The monitors keep track of the ship's internal temperature. If the temperature rises above a certain point, the cooling system comes online. If it drops below a certain point, the heating system does instead, just like a living organism. How does the cooling system work? Graham asked. Thankfully, Jake was saved from having to explain this when Yoss came running up. 
We've spotted the Taurus, he exclaimed excitedly. The three ran up to the control room, where Hagara was peering out the window, trying to catch sight of something. Jake looked down at the radiation monitors. Yas's words were confirmed by a huge spike some thirty seconds earlier. Peering out the window, Jake could still just see traces of the expanding flash of green that must have passed by moments ago. The group had rehearsed for this moment. Acting quickly, Jake began to make corrections to the Orion's trajectory. Graham sat beside him, scribbling furiously to calculate aspects of the Taurus's exact position relative to their ship. Yas and Hagaro ran aft, stationing themselves along the Orion's length in case certain systems needed to be altered. As Jake flipped switches, he heard the Orion respond to his commands. An electric coupling somewhere in the ship realigned itself with crackle, and there were several mechanical thuds as another system changed its configuration. A few seconds later, sensors detected a radiation source. Graham showed Jake his calculations, and Jake made several new adjustments to the trajectory. He could hear Yas and Hagaro in the background, working to keep the Orion systems functional as Jake chased the radiation signature. Ahead of them, the green light reappeared in the distance. From this vantage point, it appeared like a shooting star, or Halley's Comet. The shaft of green particles stretched in front of them like a spear, with a radiant speck at its tip. The Orion drew closer, matching the other ship's velocity. They could clearly see the huge shock absorber now, along with the transparent body of the ship, which was radiating light like a beacon. Hagaro and Yas re-emerged into the control room as the Orion's velocity slowed, and it pulled up alongside the Taurus, dwarfed by the craft's enormous size. Pressing down on a button, Hagaro sent a comm transmission in the direction of the Taurus. Taurus, this is the Orion. We have an object on board that you may find intriguing. The four waited with bated breath. After a few seconds, their receiver crackled, and a voice came through. Orion, you are cleared to dock. Captain Sonara greets you. Cheers broke out again among the crew of the Orion as the two ships connected. On board the Taurus, the Orion's crew were welcomed by none other than Captain Sonara herself, the woman who designed the Taurus. In person, she was a humanoid, of a type similar to Graham, tall with shell-like plating on her shoulders. Several others were with her as well. After a tour of the ship, the Orion's crew were shown to their quarters and allowed to rest. The next morning, following an excellent breakfast of some kind of cereal grain that apparently had been grown on board, Sonara came to speak with them again. Congratulations on finding us, she said. That can't have been an easy feat. We went to great lengths to make sure the location of this ship stayed secret. How did you do it? Hagaro explained about the archive on Tarsa and the blueprints Sonara had left there. Ah, yes, now I see, she said, and then continued. I'm curious about this object you brought us. Turning to Jake, she said, And of course, I recognize your ship as a T-class. This must mean your mission is similar to ours. Interstellar travel, Jake agreed, nodding. The T-Class are a prototype designed to test technologies for interstellar travel. As is the Taurus, said Sonara. At this, Hagara chimed in. Then you'll be particularly curious about the object we recovered, 
Engineers on Tarsa have examined it, and we believe it's a kind of ion drive. It functions by superheating plasma and ejecting it with the help of powerful magnetic fields. We don't understand it entirely by any means, but the blueprints you left on Tarsa indicate that the Taurus has a built-in module for this kind of attachment. Actually, we brought it here in the hope that perhaps you could do something for our people. Hagaro explained about the Telos, that had invaded and taken over his home colony. There was a thoughtful pause. Then Sonara spoke. We've heard of the Telos before. Stories like yours are not uncommon these days. She shook her head sadly. No, there's little we could do for your colony. Hagaro, Yas, and Graham hung their heads. Don't lose hope, said Sonara. I know of someone who may be able to. Follow me. At this, Sonara stood up. The group followed her down several of the Taurus's passageways toward the far side of the ship. Together with Sonara, they stepped into an airlock. On the other side of this door, said Sonara, another ship is docked. I informed them of your arrival, so they should be expecting us. She pressed her hand onto a button set into the wall, and the airlock unsealed itself with a hiss. The door slid aside, and the four were met by a tall individual with blue-green skin. Greetings, said Arleth.